Good morning and welcome to A Public Affair here on KGNU Boulder, Denver and Fort Collins. Today we are continuing our election coverage and we have in studio three women from the League of Women Voters. Judy Mars Dixon serves as the League's Ballot Issues Team Director, helping to guide and oversee League volunteers to research, provide educational materials, and present publicly about ballot issue pro and con positions. Outside of her work with the League, Judy has worked in the conflict resolution field since 1986 as a trainer, mediator, facilitator, consultant, coach, and dispute resolution systems designer. Okay. (laughs) Mediator. She's worked in the U.S. and internationally. Good morning, Judy. Good morning. And up next, we have Emma Piller. Yes. Okay. Is the League's <laughs> Voter Service Director supporting the League Ballot Issue Candidate Forum, Voter Outreach, and Vote 411 teams, and contributing to other voter strategies. Emma has been involved in voter and policy advocacy work at CU and through various jobs and nonprofit organizations. Currently, Emma is an organizer with Colorado Wins, the State Employees Union. Good morning to you. Good morning. All right. And last but not least, we have Celeste Landry, who has been a member of the Boulder County League of Women Voters for two decades. She's been regularly involved with the ballot issues team and also serves as a member of the State League's lobbying group. She is a co-leader of the local league's voting methods team and active on the schools team. She has also been facilitating the State League's new Alternative Voting Methods Task Force. Hello. Hello. All right. And I have all of these women with their impressive CVs in studio this morning. And we'll be taking your call. So if you'd like to go ahead and get in the line, you can do so by calling 303-442-4242. And... uh, Christian is standing by to answer your calls, and we will put you in the queue. But let's just go ahead and start off something that I just uh, said when reading your bio. Celeste is the League's new alternative voting methods. What exactly is that? Alternative voting methods are a way to cast a ballot, to express your opinions. That is different from our traditional plurality, choose one. So choose one for a governor or um, And this is actually going to happen in the city of Boulder. Starting in 2023, we are going to start using instant runoff, a form of ranked choice voting, to elect our mayor. So we are looking at going statewide with better voting methods. It, it might be some form of ranked choice voting, or it might be some other form of voting. But uh, this is a new task force. The State League has several task force uh, tasks forces on different uh, issues. So we welcome you. You don't have to be a league member to join a task force. Thank you for that explanation. Who would like to, uh, of course, the League of Women Voters has a long history, but any one of you, would you like to do, do a quick rundown for those who may be unfamiliar with just what the League of Women Voters is and what it does? Anyone want to take that? Yeah, I can uh, talk about more about us. Okay, Emma. Um, yeah, so uh, the League of Women Voters, uh, we are a political grassroots network and member organization that believes that the freedom to vote is a nonpartisan issue. Um, for more than a century uh, across uh, our National League, um, and then also I think for over 90 years, um, our Boulder League, uh, we've worked to empower voters and defend democracy. Uh, we're a women-led organization, and uh, we encourage everyone to take part in our democracy. 
democracy. Uh, so we really envision a democracy where every person has the desire, the right, the knowledge, and the confidence to participate in our elections. Okay, uh, I I opened the door because we have, a, for those who don't know, we have HVAC system issues here in the Red Studio and it's getting pretty hot, but we're also picking up conversations in the background, so bear with us, dear listeners. Um, so, you know, that's just a little peeling back the curtain. Now, we do have somebody already on the line, and if somebody else wants to get in that line again, that number is 303-442-4242. Judy, you are the ballot measure expert. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's what somebody told me. So I'm just going to, you know, I'm... I, I, I am knowledgeable, but expert, uh, that's a, that's yeah. a far flung. Yes. All right, all right. I just got fact-checked. Sure, sure, it's okay. Leader, leader. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm going to say maybe you know more than I do. So can you give a quick explanation as to what a ballot issue is and, and how, how it works out, not just uh, at a statewide level, but locally here in, in Boulder and and why voters should pay attention to that. We have a very busy ballot year here. There are 28 uh, ballot measures that if you add up the city of Boulder, the county, the state, town of Erie, town of Superior, and Longmont, and the library district, and Boulder Valley Schools. So it's a busy year. Mm. So 28 ballot measures, if you will, so in the city of Boulder, there are six. In the county, uh, I should say the county has three that they're proposing. Then there is the library district, Boulder Valley Schools. Longmont has three. Town of Erie has two. And Superior has one. And, of course, we have 11 uh, state questions or state measures. So it's a busy time, and there's a lot for people to learn. And there's a lot of information on the League of, Women, League of Women Voters website. And let me say one more thing, if I could. We have some ballot forms coming up where we're going to describe them in some detail and answer um, voter questions. So we have one on the 9th that will um, feature city of City of Boulder. We have another one on the 9th that will feature uh, City of Longmont, Erie, and Superior. And then we have one on the 16th where we're going to cover the county, the library district, Boulder Valley Schools, and the state. So please check our website. These are virtual, and we welcome everyone. There's, there's also one on even year elections coming right up. There's one tonight at 630 yeah. um, about ballot, Boulder City's ballot question 2E on whether to move municipal candidate elections to even years or not. Mm -hmm. um, and we apologize for coinciding with the end of Yom Kippur. We, there were scheduling problems. <laughs> um, and I want to say also that all of these ballot measure forms will be uh, videotaped so that you can go to the league's YouTube channel later and see them if you miss them today or in the future. Okay, well, since we do have a caller on the line, let's just go ahead and go to the phone lines. John, you are on the air. Yes, uh, thanks for taking the call. Um, as a longtime participant in uh, politics here in Boulder, I would just like to thank the League of Women Voters for the incredibly accurate and informative and well-researched uh, publication of, of, what the, of what the issues are. I found over the years that it's the most direct and simple way to understand things. Um, 
But I just wanted to speak to the one ballot issue that we face in the city of Boulder, and that is that uh, we need to repeal the annexation of of uh, the, the South Boulder floodplain. It's very important. Um, there are a couple of main reasons. The first is that the it's not a the proposed 100-year mitigation uh, strategy won't work because we're now facing 500-year uh, flood issues. And the, 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 the salient historical point here is uh, the 1976 flood in Big Thompson Canyon, where 144 people were killed. So as we all know, we're experiencing extreme, extreme weather events. There's a wonderful alternative to CU building in this floodplain, and that is what you could call CU North. It's at the corner of uh, North, 90, North 26 and North 28th Streets. It's 200 acres already in the planning reserve, and a transfer could be worked out quite well. Okay. Um, John, John, to, quickly, do you have a question? I know. <laughs> Can we uh, simplify the uh, whole process by moving forward uh, to, to annex, to, to defeat the annexation? That is, can we simplify the process of, of resolving all these issues about the soft boulder floodplain? Thanks. Okay. Thank you, John. If you would like to get in line, you can give us a call at 303-442-4242. And I guess now would be a good time to bring up why the League of Women Voters does not take a position on ballot issues. Well, sometimes we do. So the League of Women Voters, there are two things that are really important here. One is <clears throat> the ballot issue team, we research each of these questions, and our job and the our total job is to get the facts out and to draft it up, write it up in a way that um, makes sense to, you know, people that don't live this. Um, 40 hours a week or all the time so that people are informed. That's that's our job. Now, after our forms are completed, our ballot issue forms, then the League of Women Voters looks through these issues, and sometimes um, they take positions. Uh, sometimes it, it that means we remain neutral. Sometimes there is an endorsement, and sometimes there is opposition. And, and Celeste is our uh, senior member here, so maybe you could be Maybe you would add to this. Uh, I will say that we do not take positions on political candidates or parties. Right. But we have studied many issues over the years. In fact, right now we are doing an election timing study, which is why we're having this event this evening at the Elevations Credit Union at 6.30 to discuss about question 2E on even-year elections. Um, once we've done a study and come to a, uh, a consensus on what we believe, we write it up in a position statement. And then if we have a position statement that can support a ballot measure, uh, we will endorse the ballot measure. If we have one that, re that uh, opposes the ballot measure, we will reject or oppose the ballot measure. Mm -hmm. So... Um, Sometimes we have conflict, we have, you know, it's a, it can be a complicated ballot measure and we may have uh, statements that oppose and reject parts of it. So it, it's not always cut and dried, but our board is the one that, uh, that uh, makes the final decision on our uh, support or opposition. 
or being neutral. Um, we also have sort of a fourth thing, which instead of being neutral is no position. Like if, you, if there's something we have not studied, we feel we cannot take a position on it. For instance, we had in 2020, we had not studied direct election of a mayor. So we did not take a position on whether uh, Boulder should directly elect a mayor. Um, I was going to say well, one. When you have a, a particularly packed ballot like this year, how long does each measure really kind of take to study or how much, you know, how much of a time uh, budget do you give yourself to to go through each measure? Well, the, the ballot issue team studies these for hours and hours. Um, you know, we look at everything that we can find and uh, we we discuss it among ourselves. I mean, our process is, is truly thorough and I'm fairly new at this and I'm so impressed. It, it really is. Um, so we do our very best to be sure that by the time we get this out to the voters, the information out to the voters, we have covered everything. Um, now that isn't to say that we can cover everything, but we certainly try. So I think what's really important for the voters is um, to read, access this information and look at it. We've done our absolute best uh, to be sure that it does cover everything. Um, the ballot measures, we lay out what the provisions are, and then we talk about the background, what's behind it, and then where there is, uh, where there are those who are supportive and those who are in opposition, we also do our very best to capture those um, comments and bring those to the voters as well. If you're just joining us, you just heard Judy Mars or Mares? Mares. Mares. Okay, Judy Mares Dixon. She is the League of Women Voters Ballot Issues Team Director. I'm also joined by Emma Piller, the League of Women Voters Voter Service Director. There, are, Everyone here is from the League of Women Voters of Boulder County and Celeste Landry. We have a full panel of knowledgeable women on these issues as we head into an election. Do you have a question? You can give us a call at 303-442-4242. But looks like Emma has something to say. The floor <laughs> is yours. Yeah, thank you. Um, I just wanted to make sure that we can plug in um, our great nonpartisan voter uh, resource uh, platform. Uh, so Vote411, uh, you can visit it online at vote. 411.org and that's where you can uh, look um, look into all of the ballot issues um, and the, the pros and cons in, of each of the issues. You can find your polling place and where to vote. Uh, if you're not registered yet or you need to update your registration, uh, you can go online um, at this website to do that too. Um, and we're, we're trying to provide these resources in both Spanish Spanish and English. And so, uh, yeah, after after we uh, record all of our candidate and ballot issue uh, presentations, uh, we'll also include um, We'll also include uh, those on the Vote 411 page as well. Uh, so you can find everything on your ballot on this, on this, um, on our website. So that includes candidates, ballot issues, um, and all the, the good information uh, to help you vote this election. And Celeste, you were giving an example of how sometimes the League of Women Voters does take a position. Sometimes it takes no position. What are, are there any specific items on the ballot this election that the League of Women Voters has taken a position on? We are not, I don't know if the board has taken a position yet, and they're not going to announce any of the positions until after the candidate forums, ah. because sometimes the candidate forums 
will use the league's position to try to gain points with the audience. And, ah, yes. and we've learned from that. I do want to say in terms of the first caller that we had, John, uh, he mentioned the annexation of CU South. And if one of the things that with ballot measures is you have to vote on the ballot measure that you have. So John was proposing a different idea. If you wanted to go with John's different idea, a way to do that would be to uh, repeal the, the measure 2F. Uh, in, or, in other words, do repeal the annexation agreement. Um, and then you could move forward with John's idea. But uh, the, if, if 2F is, if the no votes succeed on ballot question 2F, then the annexation will continue as the city council um, signed that agreement back last year. And since we don't have any callers on the line, I'm just going to take this opportunity to point out that we did report on this issue earlier this week. Uh, student intern Chiara de Mare uh, produced a report. So let's just uh, take advantage of the empty phone lines and go to that report now. CU South Boulder is a 308-acre parcel of land at the southernmost city limit of Boulder. The former gravel mine has been undeveloped for over 20 years now. The university bought the land in 1996, and it has been vacant ever since. As part of an annexation deal that would allow the university to build on the land and access city services, CU Boulder has agreed to develop a flood mitigation project on part of the land. But the annexation agreement has been met with staunch resistance from an organization known as Repeal CU South. They've successfully stalled the annexation over the years with petitions and ballot measures, and this year, the annexation is up for vote again. Margaret Lacombe is with Repeal CU South. I've always been an environmentalist and a bird watcher. And so I've been coming here and watching wildlife for years. And I just can't bear to think of this plowed under and with a big stadium put on top of it because it'll be gone forever. And that just kind of gets me in the heart. Repeal CU South hosts regular nature walks to show other residents what may be lost if the city and university move forward with plans to create a flood mitigation zone, build housing units, and other university structures. Other permitted uses include the construction of a 3,000-person capacity sports stadium. CU Boulder's chief operating officer, Pat O'Rourke, says the university has committed to keep the development in line with city aesthetics and sustainable building codes. We've agreed to a lot of the city's requirements, including the, the height limitation, um, and it's part of our overall sustainability commitments that we would be building to standards where, which minimize environmental impact. The current agreement is the end result of many years of negotiations between the university and the city. Derek Silva, the university's associate vice chancellor for business strategy, has been at the table for many of those talks and says the school has agreed to meet leadership in energy and environmental design, or LEAD, building standards. So that's the minimum standard for development is we have to comply with LEAD Gold or they have to meet that LEAD Gold standard. As well, for any wetlands that we might displace in the development area as we do our development along the, the next 20 or 30 years, 
will have to replace those wetlands at the according to the city's wetland standards, which I believe is a ratio of about three to one. So if we displace one acre, we have to we have to restore three acres. And that three acres we envision to be in the open space area that will that will become open space on the property. The main thing the city gets out of the deal is a flood mitigation project. It will also get custody of 119 acres for open space. But some opponents of the annexation agreement, like Steve Tooley, who lives near the CU South property, remain skeptical about the flood control design. One of the problems is, is that, uh, that I particularly am concerned about is the flood wall. They're going to put these big gravel trenches, which are sort of like French drains on either big French drains on either side of the impermeable barrier, and then they're going to run pipes through. But the problem is that's never been tested. One for groundwater. It's only it's there are two instances they could come up with, which was getting water out of a tail out of tailings ponds for mining, uh, which means that you have a lot of water pressure coming down to push it through. And this groundwater has to is not going to have that level of pressure. Yeah. So, so basically, what they're going to have to do is they're they're running pipes through that that the groundwater can presumably go through we don't know but presumably it'll you know go through at low pressure but to have a low pressure pipes there then when you do have a flood and the water builds up now the pressure is really high and it's going to blow out all of the gravel on the other side right and so now you've just destroyed it and you've built this big flood wall on top of it what are you going to do right how are you going to fix it they have no plans for that. Boulder City Council approved the annexation agreement last year after lengthy negotiations. And ballot measure 2F is designed to be the final word on the back and forth between those who support and oppose the deal. Councilwoman Rachel Friend has an insider's view of the negotiations and says fears about floodwater diversion towards the highway and houses are unfounded. It's illegal for us to design something that would do that and it would not get permitted. So there will be overseeing agencies who will go over everything with a fine tooth comb and that we won't be allowed to build it if that's a possibility. The, the land was bought by CU in the mid 90s and the city has been looking at it you know, as a possible spot since the early 2000s and then I would say after the 2013 floods is when we kicked into high gear because we saw that the flash flooding presented here. And that's that's the kind of flooding that, that really um, quickly kills people because it just sweeps you off your feet, sweeps cars away, things like that. Boulder residents will be able to vote on ballot measure 2F, titled Repeal of Ordinance 8483, regarding the annexation of CU South on November 8th. A yes vote would repeal the annexation and put the brakes on the project, whereas a no vote would allow the flood mitigation and development plan to move forward. For KGNU, I'm Kiara Damari. And we are back here with the panel of the League of Women Voters. What you just heard was a, a report that we aired earlier this week, reported by Kiara Damari, and that CU South ballot measure is one of, what, six that are on the ballot? Judy, Mares Dixon, tell us more about CU South and about the five other local issues on the ballot. So CU South is 2F. So I'm going to start up with 2A, which is the climate tax. And um, simply speaking, the the, um, 
City of Boulder has been collecting two climate taxes, the Climate Action Plan tax and the uh, Utility Occupation tax, uh, both going through Excel, and then the money um, passes through to the city for a whole host of uh, climate projects that the city's been doing for a number of years now. And so Two-Way simply says, uh, can we do away with both of those taxes and introduce a new tax that would replace those? Uh, and that would be the climate tax. And uh, if, if that passes, then the city will continue on with the different projects that it's been doing. Now, related to that is 2B. And 2B, uh, if, if 2B can only come into play if 2A passes. And 2B allows the city to borrow. And the reason that the city is asking the voters to look at 2B is because there are a number of issues, or I'm sorry, a number of projects that are expensive. And so if 2B did not pass, then the city would have to do a pay-as-you-go to get those done. Uh, if 2B does pass, then the city can uh, move forward with some of the larger uh, climate projects that it would like to do. So as you're looking at your ballot, uh, if you pass 2A, then the city will continue to do the good work on climate, um, addressing climate issues. And then if you look at 2B, that's about the city being able to increase the debt limit and to borrow um, to take on larger, more expensive projects now versus later. Then there is 2C, and that's related to the library district. And uh, Celeste knows a whole lot more about this than I do. Uh, for, this, for city residents, 2C is fairly straightforward. Basically, if the library district proposal passes, and city of Boulder residents and other residents throughout the county, not all residents, um, will vote on the library district, then 2C addresses the uh, notion that the city would engage in an agreement with the new library district uh, to transition to a district, okay? Um, and Celeste, if you can make that clear, please jump in. Basically, it's a charter change. It comes after the tax and debt issues. That's the way the ballot measures always go. So it's 2C. And uh, the it would repeal the Boulder City Charter provisions about the library. I feel as though it is uh, has the wrong name. It says repeal tax and uh, sorry, repeal commission and tax. It does not actually repeal the tax. You will still pay the tax unless the city decides to um, stop collecting that tax. Mm -hmm. um, what it does do is repeal the appropriation to the library fund from the city's coffers. Um, it's basically a cleanup measure, and if if it doesn't pass, I'm sure it will be put on the ballot next year if the library district does pass. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but we may know more about what the city plans to do if we wait a year. <laughs> and so then there is a another charter question, that's 2D, and that's really um, about, um, given that we are a home rule city, it's um, uh, candidates can only run for one office at an election, uh, and so it, 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 this kind of... Um, it's in the weeds. It's in the weeds. Uh, th this, is, this is a little bit of a... Go ahead. It, it's also... Uh, so in 2020, the, the voters uh, chose to directly elect their mayor. As a result, we now have two kinds of positions for the city of Boulder. 
council seat or the mayoral seat. And so uh, when that 2020 measure was put on the ballot, not all of the uh, ideas for implementing it were thought through entirely. So uh, this is to deal with some of those measures. And the, the one that's getting the most visibility is uh, prohibiting somebody from running for two offices. Right now, a person can run for council and then if they get elected they can immediately run for mayor. Um, they only get elected by their nine council members but they can in effect run for two offices and this would forbid somebody from doing that. The mayoral term is only two years, the council seat is four years so there are a lot of uh, I, I could talk a long time about this, but I think we'll move on to the next well, one. <laughs> and actually, I, need, I do need to jump in and let listeners know that you are listening to KGNU, Boulder, Denver, and Fort Collins. We have two underwriting spots that I need to play, and we also have two callers on the line. So let me uh, just kind of hold that thought. We'll come back to that rundown in just a bit. Again, KGNU, Boulder, Denver, and Fort Collins. We're going to hear from our underwriters, then go to the phones. Support comes from the Newman Center for the Performing Arts, presenting Leela Downs on Friday, October 28th. Leela's music embraces the music of her home country of Mexico, along with U.S. jazz, blues, and soul. Tickets at newmancenterpresents.com. Support comes from the Moab Folk Festival, with support from the Utah Office of Tourism, taking place November 4th to the 6th, and featuring the infamous string dusters Peter Rowan, Molly Tuttle, and more. Details at MoabFolkFestival.com. And thank you to our underwriters and thanks to our listeners. You will have a chance to show us your support coming up next week when we have our fall fun drive. But for now, we are continuing with our election coverage. We have three members of the League of Women Voters of Boulder County here in the studio with us, and they are taking your calls. So let's go to the phones. Angel, Angel, you are on. You are live on the air. about an advertisement about the annexation. It makes it sound like you should vote yes, and it's a no vote keeps it repealed. It's a very confusing ad, and I'm afraid people are not going to understand it because there's some deception going on here. Okay, so... Angel, I apologize. I was a little, I pushed the wrong button, put you on hold rather than put you on the air. But I understand the question is, has to do with the Repeat phrasing it. of the yeah. of the language that can possibly cause some confusion uh, as to what a no vote means and what a yes vote means. Celeste, can you take that? In general, a yes vote. I put it in the mail in a big, a big shiny uh, advertisement uh, uh, that was for a no vote. And I'm I'm for yes. I want to repeal it because I'm afraid of floods. I have a house here in Martin Acres, and I'm afraid it'll get flooded. Um, in general, a yes vote means you want to change from the status quo. Right now, the status quo is that I want it we have an annexation want- agreement. It has been put on, at least partially on hold. Um, and then a no vote would mean to keep what's going on. So we would keep the annexation agreement. I agree. I can't, I have no control over advertisers and they can be very deceptive. And uh, one of the league's jobs is to try to 
get through that deception and make it clear to voters. So check out vote411.org and um, contact the league if you if you have any more questions. I'm just concerned about especially Spanish-speaking people because they're, it's very confusing, and I'm concerned that they're not going to be able to figure out what the right vote is. Well, yeah, I mean, this is such, this underlines why the League of Women Voters does the work we do. So a yes vote means the annexation agreement is repealed. And a no vote means that the current agreement stands. And we have materials in Spanish precisely because we also want everybody to feel empowered and to vote having as much knowledge as possible. Thank you for okay. for bringing up the issue and tell all your friends. <laughs> okay, up next on the line is Jim. Good morning, Jim. Uh, good morning. I guess um, just following up on that, I'll say uh, vote yes to repeal a really bad deal um, that the South thing is, is a total mess. Uh, and to the Martin Akers uh, person, uh, note that only about 30% of the flooding is attributed to South Boulder Creek uh, overflow. And the rest is coming from other drainages, which the city is not addressing at all. And this is why they want to get the bonding, because they, we don't have the money. Our, if you look at our storm sewer uh, fees, they've gone up several hundred percent over the last couple of years, and they'll be going up a lot more um, under this uh, terrible terrible plan but my question i want to thank the league for their great community service um, over the years and continuing uh it's just an excellent example of civic engagement and really playing it forward to try to make a more vibrant informed community you know the more you know the more you see uh, the better you can act uh, and be a community member be an environmental steward and so forth my question is about or is about ranked choice voting and other alternatives like that. It seems like we have this very polarized system, winner take all, uh, uh, currently, and the ranked choice uh, potentially uh, is a better way to get um, more consensus candidates uh, elected. But I wanted to understand more about ranked choice voting. That's my superficial view. I'm not a expert on it by any means um and so what are the what are the disadvantages of a ranked choice approach that would be one question or or, or other methods uh, other alternatives to our current winner take all um first ballot only one ballot round sort of thing Can I jump in um, here? and then the other cho- the other question is about how um how quickly could something, or what are the prospects for getting this at the state level, and how quickly could something like that happen? Um, what's the timeline? I know Maine has made some big uh, progress in, in getting that. I think at the state level, Jim, I'd like to I'd like to let the uh, the guests answer your question. Okay, so I've asked my question. Thank you. All right, thank you. Th- thank Celeste. you, Jim. Um, I uh, would encourage you to go to our voting methods team website. Um, let me give you the email or the URL. It's lwvbc.org, our Boulder County League website. And then click on Teams at Work. 
and then click on voting methods and you will find so much information there. Uh, there is nothing on the ballot right now about uh, any sort of better voting method. Ranked choice voting actually is an umbrella term that refers to many different kinds so um, you can learn about that at that website. Um, getting back to the ballot measures, you mentioned uh, bonding um, and I think you were referring to the climate action tax bonding uh, which is measure 2B for the city and uh, your argument, if I, if I understand, was that that would impact the flooding that the CU South annexation talks about more than perhaps the CU South annexation. Is, am I following your argument on, on that bonding question? Um, I, well, I guess not exactly. Mm -hmm. my, my point was, well, the point is our our sewer fees and, and our, our wastewater fees have gone up dramatically, um, and they're going to continue to go up. And the CU, the the proposed flood minute, inadequate and inappropriate flood mitigation solution being sort of offered as part of the CU South uh, bad deal, um, it's only addressing a very small part of the flooding is 30% of the flooding is estimated to damage is estimated to. Have okay. Did, did that address? So that drainage. And so they'll need a lot more funding to deal with all oh. the other drainages that have flood problems. Okay. Thank you, Jim. We have another Jim who has been waiting on the line. So other Jim, <laughs> Jim number two. Okay. I'm Jim number two. Hello. Good morning. <laughs> what is your question? Well, just a quick thank you to the League of Women Voters. My mom was active in it, and uh, she worked on water quality, and also she opposed things like uh, when the wetlands were going to be developed near her parents' house back in Wisconsin. And um, so I like League of Women Voters, and I like even when you do go in on things like you know trying to protect the right of votes of everybody, minorities and Anyway, uh, but I also am interested in CU South. I sort of find CU South, CU being a bit greedy, like, because that land was supposed to be open space and floodplain, but CU is avoiding what were city and county regulations where it was supposed to be purchased as um, open space. But instead, because CU is part of the state of Colorado, the state laws preempt, I mean, state organizations don't have to follow the city and county regulations. So there's like two rare species, this mouse that can jump four feet up in the air and a rare orchid. And I was on a city... Jim, do you have a question? ...on wetlands 30 years ago, and we found that you cannot restore wetlands. You, you don't keep all the interconnections. So I'm sort of asking the league, what do you do when there's something really major... Um, and it's sort of the status quo. Like here you have this giant CU that wants to add 30,000 students eventually and grow and make more money and be more powerful. And you can't really counter it because it has so much money and lobbying. And it's sort of like the Koch brothers. Like I love the way you do stuff, but, you know, um, when the Koch brothers and 
Jim, I would like to give our guests an opportunity to answer. Yeah, so I'm sorry. Thank you. Thank you. So, Jim, this is Judy speaking. That's why um, the League of Women Voters is really here. It is to continually bring education to the public so that people are informed, so that people have access to information. I, I firmly believe, and the League believes, that the more information people have, the better decisions that they can make, and the more even the playing field. Now, that may sound a little um, uh, optimistic, but I believe it. Um, all right? Good? Okay, and if you would like to get on the... Get in the line to ask questions, ask mm -hmm. questions of our panelists from the League of Women Voters of Boulder County. The number to do so is 303-442-4242. Emma, do you have something to say? Yeah, um, I just want to plug in and, and let folks know that, uh, you know, the League's been around for uh, a long time um, and we're, we're uh, trying to make voting uh, resources more accessible to everybody and you, uh, we want everybody to get involved. Uh, you do not have to be a lady, a woman uh, to join the League mm -hmm. of Women Voters. Uh, we have a lot of amazing folks from um, all different backgrounds uh, getting involved. Um, and yeah, we have volunteers, you can become a member. Um, but uh, yeah, we have a. We would love to get you involved. <laughs> Emma Pillar, the League of Women Voters of Boulder County's Service Director. Shannon, may I just point out one more ballot issue because I'm a little concerned that we talked about five of the six, and I don't want to leave <laughs> oh, one oh, out. Oh, by all means, please. Sure. So the City of Boulder has six questions, and uh, I've talked about five of them. And the other one is uh, changing regular municipal elections to from odd years, which they are odd uh, numbered years, which they are here in the city of Boulder, to even years. So that is also on the ballot. And um, <clears throat> there's a lot of information about that. And there also are a couple of uh, websites because there are two organized groups that are working on this. Uh, and and so you can look at either one of those for um, more information. One of them is uh, those in favor of this, what are they called? Uh, people for people voter turnout. turnout. Okay. And then those that are opposed save local elections. So I just wanted to make sure that we covered all six questions. And I actually just received a question via the DJ email. What, if any, are the issues relating to voting rights that the League of Women Voters Boulder County is working on? Ballot measures? It says, what if, what, if any, are the issues relating to voting rights? Oh, can I jump in here? Please. <laughs> oh, so. Bring it to action. In, yes. <laughs> in 2020, the voters of Colorado approved Amendment 76, which uh, enshrined in our Constitution that non-citizens could not ever, ever vote. It didn't say that before. It just said it, uh, it, it was in there. It's, long, it's, it's in the weeds again. But anyway, another thing that it did was it took away the right that voters in 2020 had to vote in the primary election, even if they weren't 18, as long as they were a citizen, of course, if as long as they were going to be 18 by the general. So a third of the states in the United States let their 
almost eight 18 year olds vote in a primary election. And now Colorado doesn't do that anymore. And in fact, if anybody out there is going to be 18 for this election in November and was not 18 for the primary and wished they could vote, and maybe they had an older sibling who did vote two years ago, contact us at the State League, lwvcolorado.org. We would like to talk to you. And, and one person who um, might be a good person I, to, for this uh, effort that we're talking about is a fellow named Matthew at Holy Cross High School who will vote for the first time in November. And he won the digital I Voted sticker contest for the Secretary of State. So um, if he or anybody else would like to contact the State League, we would love to talk to you about how to get that right back for almost 18-year-olds to vote in the primary. And we actually are part of our election coverage that's coming up is we are going to be speaking with uh, a young woman at Fairview High School who I she she was recently honored by the YWCA of Boulder County for her efforts to register new voters at her high school. I mean, it's something like Fairview has uh, it like broke some record as far as like the number of new 18 year olds who are registered to vote. Mm. And I'm I'm really curious. Uh, and I'll just I'll just throw this back to you, Celeste Landry, about uh, how many new voters are you seeing, and specifically new women voters. Um, I, that might be a better question for Emma, but I do want to say that the Secretary of State gives out an award for the high schools that register the most students. It's called the Eliza Pickerel Route Award. It's named after one of the first ladies of Colorado. And uh, Peak to Peak High School has won it a few years in a row, um, Okay, well, we're going to go back to the phone lines. Saba and Lafayette, you are on the air. Okay, hello. Um, I'm just calling about um, voting for the retention of judges. And I was thinking that, um, I was just thinking that the, the information we get in the state booklets that we get before the elections, I feel like it's not enough. So um, does the League of Women Voters have information on the judges? Like um, more than about like from, I don't know, it makes everything everyone look like a great person, which I'm sure they are. But I would just kind of like to know like a little more about the decision-making um, and I think that would be a little more informative for me as a voter. So I'm interested in that. Thank, Thank you for you. that question. I'm, uh, this is Celeste. Uh, so we have a wonderful judicial review and retention system in Colorado. I think it's the envy of many states. Um, it takes the partisanship out of uh, judicial elections, people do not run with a D or an R by their name. Um, in terms of how I have approached dealing with the judicial retention questions, I will ask a trusted attorney friend, or if you have a judge friend, um, you can ask them some questions. Uh, we do not take stands on 
people. We only take stands on measures. So uh, I don't think you can look to the league to do that. However, I do know that they have open meetings where they discuss uh, th their, their public hearings for people to go and speak about the judges under review. I went to one of those meetings. I saw the panel there, sitting there, eating their dinner. Nobody showed up. Whoa. I didn't have anything to say. I was just there to observe, and that was what I observed. <laughs> so show up at those meetings and tell your friends to show up, too. And, and <laughs> Well, and, and thank you for doing that homework and for showing up when, uh, you know, other people were unable we are in the final minutes of our discussion. It's a live call-in show with three members of the League of Women Voters of Boulder County. If you have a question about local or state elections, give us a call at 303-442-4242, and we may be able to get you on the air before we wrap up at 930. I, I think we should also mention, especially for the City of Boulder voters, that there's another measure that of 3.5 mils to... Uh, fund and a district that would not be subject to the city of Boulder's uh, budgeting process. Um, so I did want to mention that and there everybody in the county will have three sales tax measures to vote on. Do you want to talk about them Judy? Sure. So we have one is uh, fire uh, wildfire mitigation and a second one is emergency response. And the third is a transportation tax. And so the county is asking for more support. And we all know about the Marshall Fire of, of uh, 20, am I blocking it? 2020, uh, it's the last day of 20, was that right? Or 2021? And so they are looking, the county is looking for uh, more funding uh, to build up our response to that. Uh, also, the um, emergency response that the county provides around the county for um, uh, ambulance, et cetera, and then the transportation tax uh, to make it easier for uh, people to get around the county using a number of, of different options and upgrading their service. So those are three. And then also the Boulder Valley School District, let's not forget that. Uh, they are also on the ballot for, um, they are requesting some uh, funding for upgrades to current buildings and for a new campus. And I don't think we have a whole lot of time to go into that, uh, but you can read about all four of those things on our, all five, including the fire district on, I mean, library district on our website. And I would encourage anybody who does want to get a, a question in to do so now. The number is 303-442-4242. I'm realizing that in the, the shuffle of getting everybody set up and the, the transition, I neglected to play the Jim Hightower commentary that was scheduled for this morning. So I will play that just as we go to the morning sound alternative. So really uh, get in line now if you have a question. Otherwise, I'm going to just throw it to the floor for uh, any closing statements. Do you want to begin, Celeste? I would encourage everybody to vote. Vote the whole ballot. It's a long ballot. Um, and uh, tell your friends to do so. It, talk up the election, not only this year, but talk up the election uh, every November. Um, 
and some places have elections in April, like Erie and Nederland had elections in April this year. So elections are important, um, and thank you for participating. How about you, Emma Piller, Service Director of the League of Women Voters of Boulder <laughs> County? Yeah, um, I just want to make sure to, to amplify that um, this is the first election in Colorado where we will have multi-ballot or multilingual ballots available for voters um, in the state of Colorado. Um, so you can uh, um, access sample bilingual ballots uh, through the county clerk's office. Um, all mail-in ballots will be in English, but there are instructions on those mail-in ballots uh, in English and in Spanish uh, to know how to um, access a Spanish language ballot in person. Uh, so if you um, are a voter who wants to vote in another language, uh, you can vote in person at one of our Boulder, in one of Boulder County's 19 voters, voter centers uh, across the county. And there you'll have a hotline uh, where you can access uh, a translation hotline. Every election judge uh, will be available at these uh, polling centers. Um, and we will have language support in 72 different languages. Um, so yes, uh, please take advantage of that. Um, those polling centers will open starting on October 24th, uh, Monday, October 24th, um, but you will receive, if you are registered at your current address, uh, your mail-in ballot on Monday, October 17th. So it's coming up. <laughs> and wouldn't you know it, in our final minutes, we now have three people on the line. <laughs> so, you know, but just so we don't miss it completely, Judy, go ahead and give your closing statement, then we'll see how many of these calls we can get in. Oh, I just want to encourage you to join our ballot issue forums. We have two this coming Sunday, one at 2 o'clock, one at 3.30. The 2 o'clock covers Longmont, Erie, and Superior. 3.30 covers the city of Boulder, and we all know there's a lot of interest in, in uh, a number of those issues. And then on the 16th, uh, we're going to cover the um, Boulder County questions, the Library District, Boulder Valley Schools, and the state questions, and that will be at 3 o'clock on October 16th. If you can't make those, please tune in to our YouTube channel and watch them later. The benefit of watching them live is you can put your questions in the chat, and we'll do our best to answer them. Okay, we have exactly two minutes, and I'm going to go ahead and go to Marty and ask that you please be brief. Marty. Yes, in some uh, uh, cities, a private corporation, for example, Alice and I, has t have taken over the library. Is it possible the way the ballot measure is written for a private corporation to come in and take over our library if this board of directors decides to do so? I'm done. Thank you. Thank you. Under uh, state laws, I believe the answer is no. I was actually on the library commission and we looked into this way back when. Okay. Up next is Isabel. What's your question, Isabel? Hi. I wanted to know why, why we're so dependent on regressive taxation like sales tax and what would it take to, let's say, have a progressive tax like income tax in the state of Colorado? All right. Anyone want to jump in? We have Tabor, so it's hard to do things with taxes because the voters have to all approve it. And voters tend, except maybe in Boulder, <laughs> voters <laughs> tend not to like taxes. Um, there is a healthy foods for all tax on the state ballot that is not regressive. You could call it progressive, I guess. Um, but that's a big question. Thanks for asking. Sorry, I can't give you a better answer. And we do have a question via email that is asking again for the website, please. 
Awesome. Yes, our, our website is lwvbc.org, uh, the League of Women Voters, Boulder County. Um, and I'm going to have to leave it right there. Thanks to the three of you, Judy Mares Dixon, for coming in, Emma Piller and Celeste Landry, all members of the League of Women Voters of Boulder County. You can find more information about their, their ballot issue presentations and candidate forums on their YouTube channel. You are listening to KGNU Boulder, Denver, and Fort Collins. I've been your host, Shannon Young. Coming up next is the Morning Sound Alternative. I'm going to have to hold that Jim Hightower for tomorrow if you were staying on the line, waiting for that to, pay, to play. I will, I'll play it tomorrow. So uh, thank you so much again for your attention, for calling in, and stay tuned for Joanne Cole.